Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Is It a Real Classic? Yes, we still do this podcast. A podcast about movies and TV shows where a bunch of well-versed folks come together and answer that age-old movie debate about what makes a classic. I am your host. That's right, Litnick is back, baby, for like a little bit. But we're here. Also, we have John Wick. Jared, how's it going? I'm doing great. My chair is a little squeaky. <laughs> yeah, you, like you can't see it because it is like an audio podcast. But you, no, new chair. The face of horror as he slowly backs up, like like slowly but surely. Bean eater, Jared. Beans, like <laughs> <laughs> the killer of comedy, Cobra Kai. KP, say hello, KP. Swing the leg. That's right. And then we of course have our main man here with us, the man of many names, the man of no names, uh, Ray Tatui, Ray and Go. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Rain go. Yeah. Like the guy who cut his ear. <laughs> I, I, I can just be Ray. <laughs> <laughs> We're just saying things. How <laughs> long this podcast gone? We've already gone off the rails. That's fine. Okay. And today, surprise uh, episode, <laughs> we're yeah. going to be talking about the animated film Rango. Oh, is that what you were talking about? Okay, we're gonna keep going. I I'm losing my mind that you decided to connect it to Van Gogh. <laughs> like, like, like you skipped all the easy jokes and went for like the hard one. <laughs> like, you like, 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 okay, the one that would be we'll, confusing for everyone. In the like room. the it's because like Van Gogh, Ray, the word Ray doesn't even enter it at all. It's a story night. <laughs> it's. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's afternoon right now as we're filming. Okay, so yeah, we're talking about the movie. Background Rango. on the movie. <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know, everyone shuts up for two seconds. Uh, Rango is an animated film about an aspiring thespian lizard who, after getting lost in the desert, stumbles into the western-style town of Dirt, where he lies his way into becoming not only famous, but the town's sheriff. However, when a conspiracy arises in the town due to a lack of water... He must decide who he truly is. Da, 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 da. Now, Ray was the one who recommended this film, so... I, I, I did mainly because I, I had a DVD of it just hanging around in my closet. Uh, yes. I mean, it's, it's well, on the, everyone's closet, too, but I've noticed. Also, well, I, yeah, that, that too, and also, like... Did you think it was good? Well, <laughs> I found this old DVD in my closet. I ever watch it. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but I, I, did, I did remember really liking it, and I did really like it. Um... It for an animated movie, I did not remember it being as violent as it was at points. Hey, listen, Gore. <laughs> okay, just so we know, Gore Verbinski was the director. And if you don't know who Gore Verbinski is, the name Gore Verbinski should tell you everything you need to know from the first name alone. He did direct the Pirates of the Caribbean one, two, and three, and also the new Lone Ranger movie, which will probably not be featured on this podcast anytime soon. But Yes, it is definitely action packed. Is that the Lone Ranger movie with also Johnny Depp in it? Johnny right. Depp is also the main lizard in this one. Yes, correct. Yes, 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 yes. There's a lot of things to talk about here. So this movie is not a dream sequence taken out of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Okay, so the movie we should to clarify <laughs> what he's saying. Sure. <laughs> uh, it could be. We don't know. If it was, it's a better movie. <laughs> Um, I mean, they do have a reference of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. By the way, um, random aside, that has nothing to do with the movie, but also kind of. Um, your mother, my grandmother, that is her least favorite movie. She's actually <laughs> Fear seen and Loathing. That? Yes, and remember, she said she walked out theater hating every minute of it because it was the stupidest thing she's ever seen, according to her. 
<laughs> there is a version of that movie that Bill Murray does as well, uh, where the buffaloes roam or something like that. It's the same. Both of them play Hunter S. Thompson. Interesting. Interesting. And they're completely different takes as far as the character, but the craziness is all there. Mm-hmm. One is over a weekend. One is over a career. Yes. yes. Both fascinating, though. Oh yeah. Unless you're my grandma, my mother, your grandmother. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's disgusting. To get out of the room. <laughs> okay, and back to this. Back thing. to Rango, which is the point of the Scotch cast. Rango. This movie has a lot of weird references. Oh, yes. Like like most animated movies around this time. I, well, it does play to adults though, to me, a lot I, more it, than say. It feels like more than anything, it's a love letter to westerns in general. Just I, like. Oh, Jerry, what you think? Depending on your term of love letter. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's that's maybe where <laughs> a I... A lot of it is mocking <laughs> Westerns in some way. Uh, lovingly making jabs and whatnot, because it does still... It, like, it still adheres to the classic, like, Western structure of the per- the sheriff of the West kind of bringing order to a broken town. and Like, maybe more spaghetti Western than regular Western, though, I suppose. Also, the modern takes on Westerns tend to really kind of walk that line of mocking older westerns along with like yeah much like this does you know what I mean it's similar if we're gonna talk about westerns like the 50s were ripe with westerns John Ford like owned a genre and then burnt it to the ground and then there's the Clintwood versions which are spaghetti westerns the Italians but also um, his later ones yes and then Unforgiven became like really for a lot of people the nail in the coffin for the Western because it became the definitive end of the Western in a way, because it was like the, it was the culmination of Clint Eastwood's career as only an actor as playing the man with no name character, as well as being this thing about an aging uh, Western character kind of trying to find his way in life, knowing that the West is about to die, which is also similar to like Sundance, Butch and the Casting Sundance Kid. But the point is that plus Blazing Saddles, I think the the Western genre kind of hit like a that's enough of that. And then after that, we've had like a bunch of like change up of the westerns, which is at the same time that Rango comes out as our like reframing of the western to this new way. Unless we're just doing a remake, like the Magnificent Seven. Um, like Django Unchained takes um, the idea of the western and puts it in the South. You have um, Three Ten to Yuma, which does like this is a remake of also Three Ten to Yuma, but also kind of reframes this very realistic way. Um, off the top of my head, Silverado. Yes, another one. One of the greats. Yes. Yes. Um, and I'm um, oh true Silverado, grit. Silverado, wait, no. Silverado <laughs> rules. I'm not going to let that slide. Silverado is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's one of the better uh, casts of the... Uh, really one of the better casts of that Kevin young Kevin Costner, Kevin Klein generation where mm-hmm. you put an ensemble piece together and it winds up being... And you do the, you wind up doing that with Magnificent Seven things like that. Wind yeah. up being, uh, what's the one to Tarantino directed? That would be uh, well, Django, and then there's Hateful Eight that he did. Me, Hateful after Eight that. is an ensemble piece, very much. So. Yeah, and Hateful Eight's its own little box of worms. <laughs> yeah, and whoo, um, and then you of course have like Rango fits into this box of being like post the western, <laughs> making references whether they be like straight straight joking on them or like making references for the sake of making them. Or just being like showing a loving homage and blah blah blah. Um, so yes, Ray. Um, I- I'm sorry, but like this is probably going to be reoccurring throughout the podcast. Yes. But there is something inherently funny about naming like the hateful eight Django Rango, 
<laughs> oh no! Yeah, no. The thing is, westerns get weird. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there will there will always be something inherently funny about um, putting this movie like. And there will always be a kind of a layer of irony when talking about this movie or movies like this. Yeah, because like, oh yeah, you know, the, the great postmodern westerns. We're gonna call this one great, which we'll get to at the end. Um, but you got like again, hate like uh, Django Unchained comes to yeah. mind. Like, Hey Play is another one. What's the new one that that, that, that trailer on Netflix I sent to you that looked amazing? Um, oh, boy. It oh. has all these great actors. It has Idris Elba in it. It has Zazie Beetz in it. It has Del- Delroy Lindo in it. Coming to Netflix soon. Just an all-black cast doing it. And, so, again, kind of pushing the genre in a new, new way. And Rango, once again, in the middle of this as an animated thing for kids by Nickelodeon Studios. Though, you couldn't tell... Cause they swear, <laughs> and they also use a lot of fun action sequences. That was that was probably gonna be one of my bigger points. Is that while this is for kids, and there there are some moments in here that are kind of eye roll worthy, but a lot of it seemed kind surprisingly emotionally mature, more than I remembered it being. It's very it's made for families first and foremost, but it also is a movie that because it's made by Vor- Gore Verbinski, which I. It feels like it doesn't really talk down to you. Like, talk, like... And there are moments, I think, that might be, like, um, exceptions to this rule. And I'm not saying Gore Verbinski is the perfect filmmaker, as no one is. But there are definitely moments that are very, like you said, mature, whether that be just for the sheer amount of action, but also because of this weird... Especially because of the end with how it takes the idea of the spirit of the West which becomes a recurring theme and character about what is the spirit of the West. And it's just, apparently it's just Clint Eastwood. It's Clint Eastwood riding around in a golf cart with a bunch of fake Oscars in his back <laughs> thing as played by Timothy Oliphant. Okay. That's, That's the most wild part one of the movie. One of the ones we didn't name by Eastwood is the outlaw Josie Wales. Which oh! Is, which is Josie a film full of a lot of different... Oof, doof. There's another... Trips, trips in. There, there, We're the, just gonna make random references to the westerns, by the way. Also, <laughs> like, also much the like this harder movie they does. fall is the movie you're talking about for Idris Elba. Yes, yes, indeed. Now we're back up to speed. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. It, I think I'm research guy now. Yes, welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, I, but I, I was just gonna say, uh, this... God, I, I cannot get over how bleak this movie is whoa, whoa, sometimes. Whoa. When it's yeah. with the... Um, okay, uh, there are four birds that are telling the story. Right? Yes, four, four owls. Owls. Take, who start off the say, the lizard is going to die. He, and they kind of lie, but kind of don't. But <laughs> it kind of says... Oh, in that scene at the end? Where they he'll say die eventually, pro- even though he no, wins. Where they say it's probably going to be from like an in-home mishap, because that's how 60% of deaths happen. Sixty percent of unnatural deaths <laughs> due to a, a in-home accident. Yeah. Who knew? What on earth? (laughs) It kind of places the idea of, like, if we're going to talk about Western specifically, and Nick's going to go full film major on all of you, I'm sorry, is the fact, yeah, roll roll your eyes, Jared. Do it. Do it now. Okay. (laughs) You you say that to, like, (laughs) but then you also, again, acknowledge that you were a film student. (laughs) So you just end up feeding into the thing you're trying to, yeah, it's it's, it's great. So the two, when it comes to Westerns, there are two kind of different ways about it, or like, like I said before the postmodern, there were... There was a regular Western of America, which were the 50s, Henry, like, My Darling Clementine, the classic musical Western with the dude singing and crooning at the moon. And then you had the 70s with Clint Eastwood 
and the man with no name, the Spaghetti Western, which were made by a bunch of Italians who looked at the West and said, that's bleak existence. Let's talk about... Yeah. And then they they looked at it and said, nihilism. (laughs) We're going to have a lone man with a... dragging a coffin behind him with a Gatling gun and saying, my wife is dead in here. Pulls out the Gatling gun, starts mowing down the entire town and being like, nothing is real but life and death and existence. It's... Spaghetti Western. The (laughs) one-liners. The one-liners. Which... Which that formula winds up falling into action movies forever, right? Yeah. You wind up, you know, that's what Clint does in Dirty Harry. It's also what Stallone does in 25 movies. It's what Arnold did. It's what Bruce Willis did. It's... Yes. So, Star Wars (laughs) is a... Don't choke on your aspirations. A a Western (laughs) in space. Director critic. You know what I mean? Um, But, yeah, when we're talking about Rango, like, if what I feel like it's referencing the most, I feel like it definitely is... Spaghetti Westerns, basically because Rango is very similar to Django, the original, like, Italian movie that Django Unchained is referencing and stuff. Correct. So, yeah. Can, uh, did you want to continue your thought, Ray? I, uh, well, I, I feel like I feel like my thought was kind of made. Good. Did this this movie... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I, Wait, wait, no. I, I was going to say uh, the scene with the four owls when yes. they're about to um, hang... The dudes and 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 the owls are hanging in the middle of the movie. There's a scene that Ray's referencing, which is where they're singing about like how like it's like the the captive inmates will hang at dawn. Yeah, and so like it it pans through like the jail, and you just see the four owls playing music on nooses in the middle of the thing, just continuing to play. And (laughs) I enjoyed how the owls were like diegetic and (laughs) non-diegetic. It's it, it's weird. <laughs> it was a Greek chorus by any other means and name. Yeah, that, yeah, that's what I was gonna compare it to. It would be like a, a Greek chorus, which is it's great. I like that. <laughs> uh, while we're on the subject of choruses, one of the big takeaways for me was definitely the music by Hans Zimmer. If you're not, if you're gonna check out this movie, go to iTunes and get the album with it, because <laughs> the album, the score is amazing. It 100%. is. It really is, and it does. It mirrors, like you said, like the movie mirrors westerns. The soundtrack absolutely again mirrors both the westerns, and yes. then, of course whatever the owls are doing at the time too also kind of mirrors that same. Uh, just it's so over the top, kind of. The oh way yeah, it all fits together. I, um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. Well, think about it when the when the movie was over. And they're doing the little cartoon that runs over yeah, the credits and so tells the story of the movie quickly as they're yeah. telling you who each character is played by. The, we didn't turn it off because of the song. No, absolutely. Yeah, we just kept listening to the song as that went on. Yeah, and another thing like that. Um, if we're gonna make another reference to Django because the movie does make several. Um, the fact that the the theme is Rango, and they're saying over and over Rango. If you look up the bridge, like both in Django and Chained in the original Django. That opening theme that they play for Django slaps just as hard as Rango does. Right, right. Like, look them both up, compare them side to side. They're basically nearly identical in, in fashion. And say that the score um, does give this movie uh, a, a weird legitimacy. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and that's how I feel about a lot of the movie. It, it felt way more legitimate than I expected it to. Oh, yeah. The movie, the movie is definitely, like, even, we, we, I think like this is a big problem that we have when it comes to discussing animation, because there is the immediate brain goes, like, especially because, like, like, modern, like, critics do this problem over and over again, 
which is if it's animated, it's designed for kids. If it's animated, it's designed for this specific audience. Animation is wild, dude. You yeah. want to talk like you want to talk about Akira being designed for kids? No, but it's amazing. Want to talk about this movie? Is it designed for kids? Maybe a little bit, yeah, but it's still good. I think we're starting with with what has happened in like anime and and say the spider in the spider verse kind of thing. All that has kind of pushed that envelope away from people thinking that a, a cartoon, an animated movie can't be more than that. Yeah, like there is a uh, film I saw, it's a French anime movie called L'Illusionist or The Illusionist. Oh God, I know, I sound pretentious. Uh, but it's... Only when you try to talk in French. French. I, to be fair, I... Up. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure... <laughs> yeah, mostly because it's not very good. <laughs> what is it, my, what is it my grandmother said? Like, like he was... Uh, no, no. <laughs> my grandmother once said that her, her, her French teacher once said, wow, you are the very first person I've ever met to do French in a southern accent. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, Thanks, southern accent. Let's go. <laughs> what was that like? Uh, what are you saying? I don't, no, no, I'm trying to think of what would be south of France. But anyway, uh, Greece? No. The south okay. of France? <laughs> the Mediterranean. I don't know. Actually, it would be be the pass to the sea. I forgot. The pass? You know, like, like the, the past. Oh, well. I <laughs> what were you saying? Cliche. What were you saying about the movie that you saw? The movie that I saw, the point is, like, it's very... Like, if you think this movie's bleak, that movie, you need Xanax. It's mm. so good. But the point is, like, you can take animation and push it into these different ways and these different positions that use animation to be what it's supposed to be about, which is exaggerating perhaps a human expression, but also bringing you into a world that you can't normally get into or by highlighting different aspects of it through the caricatures or something or going to a place you could never go to like Spider-Verse you can't that place looks like the entire like thing of seeing all the different universes clash looks beautiful for a reason because it can only really be done properly in animation to get that effect or here you have a clash between a western world and the modern Vegas style world of the desert and it's done because it's animated and you have these yeah and you can't get that clash because humanity has to has to happen in a certain way, so you can't have that clash without this cartoony sphere. Absolutely. Um, I was gonna say this is a, another praise to this movie's animation. Yeah. They look make water look so good. <laughs> yeah, because the whole movie is, by the way, about them trying to just get water in this town called Dirt. Right. Like, that's kind of what it's about. <laughs> well, I mean, water essentially is a currency there. That was like every because you need water to survive out in the desert, and so they do really make water just look just. It's uh, yes. that was awful. I can I I didn't I don't have headphones on, but I know that was terrible to listen to. I'm so sorry. No, wow. it's uh, it's got kind of the same vibe as. Have you ever seen like uh, the Secret World of Arietti? Where it's yes. it's a movie based on the borrowers. So it's a bunch of really really small people living in in people's walls, and the way they make water look because of uh, like the surface tension of it. It's in big blobs kind of has that same vibe in this movie where it just looks really good because there's a, so much of it mm. in there's, addition to you know what I mean it's also a little bit so like if you want to point to it like a movie that's in live action Mad Max Fury Road where it's like even to the point where like we were making a reference to it like throughout because the mayor of it was, was yeah, saying there, there was, there was a, a very similar scene in Fury Road where do not Joe, my children become addicted to water yeah well, where he's releasing the water was very reminiscent uh, of the oh, they're trying to get the turtle mayor releasing water yeah. to the to the many townsfolk's of dirt. Um, yes. 
Also, what, what I what now I kind called of, mud. <laughs> what I kind of liked about um, the I I did kind of like the other characters too, other than yes. Rango. Uh, the Turtle Mayor a little because he wasn't necessarily a twist villain. Played by the late great Ned Beatty. Yeah, yes. I do. That's that's probably the one thing I really liked from the mayor was his voice acting. Oh, he, yeah. also uh, he looked great too. Yeah. <laughs> also, a neat part of animation is deciding what style of animal the character is also tells you a little bit about the character without having to go through a backstory. Like you had that one chicken with an arrow through his eye and coming out the back of his head that it's never explained. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, where'd you get that? Oh no, it's something from my, like he points his other eye that's got a little red. Oh, it's pigmentation. <laughs> but like he he's supposed to be old, right? He's supposed to be very old. So him being a turtle is a uh, because they're one of the oldest living like animals. Yes, yeah. That that's kind of coding him in a certain fashion. Right. Yeah. Uh, Rango is a coward. <laughs> right. He is a lizard coward. <laughs> Chame- uh, chameleon, right? Yeah, because he because right. he disguises himself. He changes as a colors and stuff to hide. And also, That's, again, yeah, because he's a liar. But he, because he, but he also yes. changes who he is as a as a character by telling the tales. Yeah, so it really does kind of fit their characters right, in different right, right. ways. What what was she? What was Beans? Um, Beans. Oh, we haven't talked about Beans. Beans yet, is the female character as played by Isla F- Isla Isla Fisher. Oh. I've never heard it said out loud. That's true. That's just a mystery. <laughs> Well, she knows who she is, Miss Fisher. Um, she's great. In this. Yeah, she's great. But it's, it's a weird thing where it's like she'll be like talking, and she, like you know where you have the movie where like they stare off into the distance and have a flashback. This is one of the movies where like you see it from the perspective of someone who's not having the flashback. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just That's a very, reoccurring thing. Where she just freezes, and there's a point where like she's like like having the flashback and is starting to fall into the water and drown. And oh, my. And in the background, Rango's just trying to drag her back to the surface. It was because she swallowed the bullet, right? Yeah, it was like... <gasps> well, it gives her the Heimlich. That's what saves him. Yeah. It gives her the Heimlich because One she shoots bullet. the bullet into the glass. What was she supposed to be That's in what terms I'm saying. of I think lizard. it was a... It was some kind of lizard with hair. Um, Lizards don't have hair. No, they don't, but... <laughs> she had been a ferret? No, no, because what? it was too oh, scaly. She was so. She had scales. <laughs> no, her eyes were the. Have big either thing. of y'all seen actual animals? <laughs> I know I have seen a dog. I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna. Someone Google, Google it. Google but um, Google it. Beans, Rango, species. Literally the, the first moles. Thing. I know were moles because this is the one who's iguana. Iguana. She an iguana. Yeah, because she looked like a human being. Because it's a movie where animals are, are anthropomorph- anthropomorphized. I've never seen an iguana walk like that. Uh, you know, I also I haven't have. seen it. <laughs> uh, I think I'm rather, like, what we're kind of dancing around is, like, just animation itself is very distinct and very good, I, sp- I would say. You spoke of the eventual... Yes, I, I don't know how to say this, but there are certain moments that make it look dry. Is that the right term? It's a grimy movie. Yeah, it's it's because it's, really it's, it's try, again playing with the idea of the spaghetti western and simply that. And also, type of the, there are moments where like when Rango's looking up at the sun and the sun is blistering at him. It's like oh. And also, like where his like <laughs> there's a point in the beginning of the movie where, where he's he's peeling? St- he peels twice. Oh, oh god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's rough. Uh, but, but, <laughs> but it's just the brightness of the sun. It's just <laughs> the scene where the scene where he. This is just as. Thing. The scene where he explains that you can't drink too much water by slugging down some water and then pouring it on his face. <laughs> so good. He's, uh, Johnny Depp's great. Yeah, great. he He's, does a good character. The character is funny. Now, the brother, 
winds up being the ultimate bad guy. <laughs> his his so brother. The, uh, the Rattlesnake Jake is played by Bill Nighy, a great yeah. British actor that doesn't get his due. In the movie for like five minutes, but uh, he steals every scene he's again, in. Again, though, back that backstory, it's it's a copperhead rattlesnake or something, right? Yeah, with like a yeah. Who's, so we kind of mm-hmm. know who he is when he rolls up. He's a rattlesnake. Yeah, because he's the bad yeah. Guy. You you hear several times like rattlesnake with a machine Jake. gun on his and tail. You, you stated, I think it was off air. You stated, you know, he was only in it for a little bit. But by the same token, they did the beautiful thing you do with a monster. You talk about the monster. Until you break him out at the end, and that's the suspense, and then he matches up to it. Yeah, right? and then when you see him in action, especially because like right. the beginning, the beginning monster of the movie was a hawk, right? And the movie does this thing where it doesn't have like a straightforward plot of like person trying to achieve this. It's just a series well, a of mystery. different things. Well, it's not necessarily a mystery. I would say it's more of a series of different adventures that does flow together to tell the arc of Rango as he goes from a right. actor who does who's just kind of trying to fake it to make it to being his own person by the end of it. Right. And it all does really flow together in a really fun way. Right. Yes. Um, now, all we're talking about animation. I'm talking about something from the very beginning. What's about those action scenes, by the way? Wow. Because <laughs> <laughs> there are several of them, and they are all... The movie that it reminded me of is... And I know I'm going to get a look from that side of the table. The Adventures of Tintin. In regards to just how wild... That movie, like the animation, how the action was just really. I talked well about this done. movie with a friend briefly, and he made the same comparison to Tintin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is yeah, like the, the act because I don't know what it is that Gord did, and like Tintin is its own thing. We'll talk about that perhaps another time or another date. But like the action is always like because it's on animation, it's always intense, but in that way that like it's kind of slowly upping the ante every like five minutes. It's like. You start hearing the flight of the Valkyries, and you see a bunch of a bunch of moles flying a bunch of bats, and suddenly they start doing the airs, like firing guns at like this them doing this wagon train across the west. That just slowly just grows in intensity over and over and over again. But in the pattern of a classic western chase scene, but because it's animation, you can blow it completely yeah. out of proportion. Now we have planes, <laughs> almost, and they mirrored Star Wars in it a little bit too. Yeah, and they mirrored like a little in bit that of, scene. Yeah, they mirrored a bit of Star Wars. They also got a little bit of Indiana Jones in there. Absolutely, absolutely. It was, it was a good time. The, the action scenes were crazy, uh, especially at the end where he's fighting Jake, and they, like that's when they blow the water main. Yeah, that's, this was the plan. Was, this, one, I guess. Um. <laughs> uh, it did a lot, a lot, a lot of this movie. I, I just really like this movie. Oh man. yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's really good. It, I, I remember. I, 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 I don't remember, but I think I last watched this when I was like, like, a couple of years ago. So I was, not. Not as well versed in cinema. Well, no. Cinema. Well, no. Kino. <laughs> well, <no. laughs> <It's> Italian. <laughs> <laughs> the Italian cinema. When you were tinnish. <laughs> I, I was not yet Italian. <laughs> I had not what does that mean? <laughs> when you truly appreciate film, you start becoming Italian. Italian a little bit. You get the Fellini, you get the Scorsese. You actually know how to speak Italian, so like... <laughs> I, I do. I so, mean, it's been a while, but I so do. Like, no, no, I was saying that, that your pronunciation was much better in Italian than it is French. Yeah, because I didn't take French, because I wasn't a coward. I took Italian. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. 
I didn't want to surrender. When you become Italian, <laughs> you begin to hate the French. <laughs> As everyone wow. should. I'm sorry. <laughs> Italians say that they they <laughs> they hate intolerance and the French. <laughs> so you know this has been recorded for um, the internet and for prosperity. This is a joke. <laughs> if you can't see, KP is holding his head in shame. <laughs> I'm just wondering when you became Sicilian. <laughs> Uh, that was probably around the time I had my third year taking Italian in Florida State. Uh, and this one was like, ah, now I know Cesar. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe were we even talking about it? <laughs> All right. Now that we're sufficiently off the rails and the train is currently in a ditch, let's go ahead and kind of try to wrap this up. Rango, animated movie, very fun, very good. I enjoyed it thoroughly. What did we all think about starting over here on this side of the table, Mr. KP? What did you think about the movie? Like, is it a classic? Well, we're going to say how we like them. We're going to probably put it in our little... I enjoyed it. Yes. It's fun. It's a very fun It reminds you of a lot of other things that are fun. Yes, indeed. <laughs> a uh, lot of high points in film over your yeah. life. Jared, what did you think about the movie? Would you I recommend think, it? I, yes or uh, no? I think it's it's all right. I, I, on it, I don't know. Uh, most of my thoughts are just going to be like, I, I just didn't see what you guys saw in it. For the most part, like for for me, it's it's a perfectly fine movie, but um, I don't know. I, I just didn't. It's not earth shattering. No, I, I don't know how much I'll remember about it in a while, other than like a few of the weirder moments. It just didn't stick with me very much. But it, it's like it's, it's a perfectly fine movie. Nothing bad in it, certainly. Not really. It's just I don't I don't necessarily think it. Nah, I won't say that. Uh, it's fine. It's fun. All right. Finally, Ray. Um, I really liked it. It, it, it does have some uh, lesser moments in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, the parts that are trying to be more towards kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, um, it was really good. Yeah. So I feel like, judging from the kind of vibe I'm getting, I believe that we're kind of leaning toward this being more of, not really a classic, but still a fun time, definitely would recommend, I think, is what the leaning is towards. Unless someone wants to make... The underrated or cult, um, uh, like fight for it. Uh, um, I, I will say it won. Didn't it win some award? It was nominated for the for, for best animated, and I think like the, also the score might have got nominated for something. Um, because the score again. I could totally really see somebody thinking it's a cult classic. I feel like if incorrectly, like, <laughs> I just I, that's that's bad. It's a movie that came out not even, like just now, ten years ago. Well, like if we kick it the years down the line, like because of the how the like Nickelodeon Studios is kind of close to non-existent nowadays. Like it's doing SpongeBob movies and stuff, so it's gonna be this really weird. Like, like Nickelodeon did all these movies, and then randomly in the middle of it, we had Rango. It, Gore Verbinski just made it an anime. The two thousand, yeah, it won. It won. Which yeah. one? Two thousand eleven. It did. Oh, no, there, no there's it no. It beat cult. Kung Fu Panda Two. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually gonna, really upset. We're gonna that. talk about Kung Fu Panda Two perhaps immediately after this but, after the podcast. But yeah, no, I, ne- I no, you can't say a movie that's won an Oscar <laughs> or which one is right. This? It's too famous. To yeah, because now that okay, it has the un- gotcha. award I mean, under the belt. I mean, you could say that, but I've never really heard anybody talk about this movie that much. I've heard people starting to talk about it again, but I don't. But I guess because it's been like a couple of years, like, oh, hey man, you remember that movie? Like that kind of thing. Yeah, it's more more of that. Hey, you remember? Remember Ringo? That was a fun time. Right. One is because strange. It's more. It's a strange, fun little blip in time. Yeah, it's, it's a fun not time. really. It's a fun time. Uh, but anyway, it's I a fun feel, time. 
yeah, I feel like that's going to be our definitive statement on Rango. Fun time. If, it, if you can find it, it's a fun time. Um, so I feel like that does it for us over here at Is It A Real Classic. So, once again, from our team here over at Is It A Real Classic, we have myself, Lit, Nick, we have Cobra Kai, KP. Huh. Strike first. There we go. A little late, but he struck first. Uh, we have ourselves, Hi. Ray. Hello. Tatooie. And then we, of course, have uh, John McJarrett. Uh, what does John Wick do? Shoot people. I don't, he doesn't have a catchphrase. What am I supposed to say? Well, I mean, he says, I'm thinking I'm back. That's not That's not a catchphrase. <laughs> that's just a thing he says. Keanu. If, if he was do like, a Keanu thing. A catchphrase is just a thing you say. It's not. Okay, yeah, but if he was like flanderized and like he said it during the movies and he has like a TV show where every time he's like, yeah, I think I'm back. Every time he meets a new character. Yeah, that'd be a catchphrase. <laughs> it's a thing he says. You know what else he says? Ow. Because he gets shot. Like, <laughs> Would you like a new nickname? <laughs> so anyway, now that we have once again drugged Drag this train into the ditch again. This has been a Go Home Heat production. It's 2021. Once again, telling you to go out there and find some good content. You know, you'll never know if you'll find the next uh, classic. And uh, cut that, baby.